Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast. I'm your host, Corey Cohen, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about pit basketball. I apologize for the delay, um, but things will be getting more active uh, in these next few weeks coming up with uh, the ACC tournament. And then, of course, March Madness, uh, which, which we'll be talking about on the pod. But uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about pit basketball and the crossroads where they sit. Because for a while, there wasn't really much to talk about. The team was losing late in the season. It's happened for a few years now. You sort of get used to it. and You say, okay, this isn't the year. They're not making the NIT or anything like that. And just punt till next season. There's not much to focus on. And then two big players decided to transfer from Pitt immediately. And then Pitt's best player, there's certainly a chance that he leaves for the NBA. And all of a sudden, instead of, okay, next year we'll see they should be better, and next year will be the year they really make a run, now all of a sudden you're thinking, maybe this isn't going to work out. Maybe next year won't be better than this year. Maybe Jeff Capel isn't the guy. What happens then? And, and you just snowball into all these questions, and it's not a spot that any program wants to be in where you have to seriously question, is the future going to get better? And is this coach right for us? Because this all uh, was spurred by the news. First, that Xavier Johnson was going to transfer, and immediately. And that happened, and okay, Xavier Johnson, he's been a good player, and it's it's great that he stuck around through all the turbulence. And I think a lot of us thought he would be a little bit better than he turned out to be. Um, He turned out to be a decent player. He could have some really high highs, but he could also make some really bad mistakes in some crucial situations. And you sort of understood, okay, Xavier Johnson, I get it. Uh, Not ideal, but that's fine. And I don't think anybody uh, was crushed uh, over it, especially because he's a junior. uh, So he would have only had one year left. And and he hasn't taken a huge step up. But then there's Audis Tony, And he's a player who really seemed to be someone who fit, who clicked, who was getting better and better and would continue to get better. I mean, with Xavier Johnson, he seemed to sort of plateau. So I think everyone sort of acknowledged, okay, this is what he is. Losing him isn't terrible. But for Audis Tony, it seemed like he was going to get better. And so then when he decided to transfer out immediately, that's when things got a bit concerning of why. What does this say about the program? It's not. It's one thing with Xavier Johnson, who we've sort of seen what he can do, and I think he knows how things are going, and it's it's not really working out okay. But for Audis Tony, things were clicking, and things were on an upward trajectory. So to leave, that means that something had to be wrong, that, uh, that either he didn't get along with teammates or coaches, or he thinks that Pitt isn't going to get to the level that he would want maybe next season and then wants to go and, and find a new place. So that's certainly concerning. I'm not as concerned about the fact that they left with a few games left in the season. I think now with everything with COVID, what's the point in playing just a couple more games? If you've already decided you're going to leave, might as well just go. So that that part doesn't really concern me, but it's really just the fact that uh, that they would leave it all. And uh, especially Audis Tony. Again, Xavier Johnson, I think when everyone heard that news, I sort of thought, okay, I get it. It's it's fine. The team can survive. With Audis Tony, you really started to question, can this team survive? Can this program survive? And it's a major question mark. And then it brings up an even bigger question mark, which is, will Justin Champagny return? 
uh, a week or two ago, well, certainly, I, I'll back up, a month or two ago, you thought there was maybe a really good shot that he would come back because he was having a great season. He could get even better next year. Pitt was looking very good. Maybe they can make the NCAA tournament this year. And if not, they could put themselves in a great position for next year. He can improve his draft stock. All of that, and you thought, okay, he should be coming back. I think a month ago or so, they decided to schedule a battle against St. John's for next season uh, where his twin brother plays Julian. And so I think that's also something to... uh, for him to consider and something to maybe try to entice him to come back. Hey, you could play this really cool game against your brother. Wouldn't that be a lot of fun? Uh, But then in this last month, the team has lost a lot. And then Johnson leaves and then Tony leaves. And all of a sudden you're considering maybe Champagny won't come back. Maybe that's a, a strong possibility. Because if you are Justin Champagny, instead of, okay, I can come back, this team can make it to the NCAA tournament, this team can be one of the better teams in the ACC, perhaps, uh, and and I can really show off and, and this team could really do something next year. Now, all of a sudden, you might be thinking, and for pretty good reason, oh, next year is just going to be kind of like this year. It's going to be some young players trying to figure it out, and the team might you know, have a shot at an NIT berth unless they collapse late. So why would I come back for that if I can go to the NBA? And I mean, it's certainly a fair point. So where you are now is, okay, this season, if you've got your three best players being Champagny, Tony, and Xavier Johnson, two of them have decided to leave. And a third very well may decide to leave for the NBA. That's a huge problem if your three best players this season decide to leave the program. They won't, they wouldn't be here next year. And I'll I'll talk about some of the players in the program now and where I think they can step up and, and can be solid players and why this wouldn't be the, the winless Kevin Stallings team next year, even if Champagny leaves, but it is certainly concerning because the cupboard is pretty bare. There aren't many players left on the roster who can really contribute at a uh, high ACC level. And the recruiting class coming in doesn't look anything spectacular. Uh, He might have to go and and try to find a transfer or something like that, Jeff Capel. But it's certainly not the position where it's, okay, this team is definitely set up for next year. They're going to be better next year. They've got some good guys coming in. You just can't say any of that with confidence. And you have to wonder, and no one likes wondering this, but you have to wonder, is Jeff Capel the guy? Because he came in a few years ago. Now, I initially was more of a skeptic than a lot of people. He wasn't on my radar. I wasn't on a lot of people's radars. If you recall, if you were paying attention when that announcement happened, no one really thought about Jeff Capel. In fact, more people thought about John Shire, the other assistant coach at Duke, who uh, there was a report leaking that he was interviewing for the pit job and that he was... uh, strong contender for the pit job. As it turned out, that was Jeff Capel, and it was, you know, sort of just smoke, but uh, misplaced smoke. But no one was really thinking about Jeff Capel. And so when he was announced, it was a bit of a surprise. And I remember looking through his his bio, his resume, and, and his past and all that. And, you know, from a coaching perspective, I wondered, I looked at it, and I said, okay, he... He did succeed with Blake Griffin. He absolutely succeeded with Blake Griffin. They were excellent, and you cannot take that away from him. 
but outside of the uh, the the year with Blake Griffin, that was spectacular and that they made it to the Elite Eight, he didn't have any great years. He was the head coach of VCU, and he was pretty good. Nothing amazing, but pretty good. Okay, that's fine. And then he goes to Oklahoma. He's got Blake Griffin. That's that's great. They succeed a ton together. And then he sort of flames out, and you wonder, okay, so maybe this guy isn't the guy. You know, maybe he's okay, but not a great hire, just a sort of a solid hire. And, of course, he went back to Duke and was coaching under uh, Mike Krzyzewski, and, and you certainly hope that he would get better. I didn't dislike the hire. I'm not saying that. I just didn't think, I remember at the time, everyone was saying, oh my God, what a great hire, Jeff Capel, he's awesome. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. We'll, we'll see if this works out. I'm, I'm not positive. And for a pretty significant amount of the last three years, I was happy to be feeling wrong about my initial skepticism. Because for the most part, Jeff Capel brought something back to this team. He brought energy, he brought life, he brought confidence, he brought swagger and uh, to this program. And it, they really did seem like they were getting better and better, and they were going to keep progressing. And the first year, okay, you get a gimme on that. Then the second year, they have the slide late in the year, but okay, you're not, you don't care too much about that. And then this year, his third year, it's happening again. There's the slide, and then all of a sudden, again, these players are leaving. Two of your three best players have decided to transfer out, and your best player may decide to go to the NBA. And you really have to start to wonder, was that skeptic was that initial skepticism right? Is there a chance that Jeff Capel is not the guy and that Pitt would have to start over and find another head coach? I don't want that to be the case. I like Jeff Capel a lot. Seems like a really good guy, and I would like for him to work out and to be a very successful head coach at Pitt. That's what I'd like to see. I'm just not as confident as I was earlier this season when I really thought that, yeah, this team was going to maybe have a chance to make the NCAA tournament next this year, and then next year maybe they could make a run in it. I mean, things really seem to be going on the right path, and then just like that, things seem to be off the rails a little bit. So, I mean, it's certainly early. You can't say anything for for certain I don't think anything is written in stone, but you just have to start questioning, is this the guy? Because if not, it's, I mean, no one wants to think about what if he's not. It's just such a difficult process to go and find a new head coach and bring them in and, and work, you know, start from scratch. And then it's going to be another few years. Everyone wants Jeff Capel to work out. And I think he still can, and I don't think all these problems are entirely on him, but at the end of the day, next year is going to be year four. I'm not saying this year you fire him after this year or anything like that, no. But next year is going to be year four, and he absolutely deserves a fourth year. But it is currently looking like it won't be much better than this year. And if that's the case, and this is all projection, if that's the case, then you really have to consider, okay, after four years, do you decide to move on after, let's say, next year is, is uh, you know, they get another six wins in the ACC schedule. If that's the best you can do is, uh, you know, six wins or so in the ACC schedule and 14 losses or whatever it is, uh, 
then you really have to start wondering, okay, maybe maybe things aren't working out. Again, this is entirely projection. I'm not saying you even think about removing him after this year. No way. It's just that the trajectory that they are currently on, you have to wonder, maybe next year won't be better than this year. Maybe things aren't going to be- get better. Maybe things won't work out. And I, again, I hope I'm wrong. I hoped I, I was wrong from the initial skepticism. And there is plenty of time for things to be turned around. If Champagny stays, if they bring in some transfers, if they land a, a recruit, things like that, you can absolutely turn this around. Just at the moment, things aren't looking great, and you do have to start questioning, could next year be the make-or-break year for him? And if so, it make doesn't look nearly as likely as break. So we'll see. Uh, one more thing before we go. Uh, Pitt did get a big win last night. That was a Tuesday night. Pitt defeated Wake Forest 70-57, to and uh, it, it was a much, much needed win. Uh, before that, Pitt had lost uh, five straight games to Virginia, Georgia Tech, NC State, Florida State, and NC State again. And Wake Forest, they're not a good team, and it's not a high-quality win or anything like that, but... After losing five straight, and after losing uh, your, uh, and by the way, it wasn't, it was five straight, but then it was also eight of the last nine they had lost. Ever since Pitt defeated Duke back in mid-January, this team just went on a total slide. And they got a big win against Virginia Tech at home, but outside of that, they lost every other game until the Wake Forest game. And they desperately needed that because Clemson, doesn't look nearly as likely that you're going to be able to beat them. Wake Forest was the last game left where you thought, okay, this this really can and, and probably should be a victory. Because even in the ACC tournament, you can't guarantee anything like that. So the Wake Forest game was really the last chance they had to stabilize before the season started to end. And they got it done, and they got it done comfortably. 70-57 to was the final score. It really wasn't close. Pitt dominated Wake Forest. They played really well. And so that's great just to stop the bleeding and get everything settled because this program really was in uh, uncharted uh, territory. Uh, there were there was a great performance from Justin Champagny. Again, a double-double, 20 points, 13 rebounds. The guy's great. You hope you don't lose him to the NBA you hope you get at least one more season with him, but he really is a uh, spectacular player. Uh, and then there are two two young players who seem like they can grow and step into a bigger role. Neither one had a great game against Wake Forest, but you can see the potential there. Um, one is uh, Femi Odukali, who is uh, a freshman, and he's a guard from Brooklyn, and I do think that there is a lot of room there. I think he can be the player that Xavier Johnson had flashes of without a lot of the, the baggage and the, the bad turnovers and things like that. I think Femi can really be a very good player, and if he's back next year, you've got something there. Another player, William Jeffress, uh, sort of a combo guard. He's a freshman from Erie. I think he can also be a really solid player into next season. So there you've got two pieces. Third piece of the puzzle is uh, Nike Sabandi. If you get Nike to come back, he could have one more year of eligibility. Or I mean, he's allowed to have one more year of eligibility. If he wants it, and if Pitt will have him back, he is fully allowed to come back. 
And if you if Jeff Capel convinces him to come back, we haven't seen much from him this year. Uh, he wasn't able to start the season with the team because uh, the NCAA didn't approve his transfer, which I think was a, a huge mistake. But they got it approved. He was able to play, but never really fit in. And But in this game, we really saw what he can do. He almost got a double-double, finished with 23 points, 9 rebounds, plus 4 assists. I think he can be a very good player if he comes back for one more year. So, if Jeff Capel convinces Nike to come back, plus you've got Femi and you've got Jeffress, uh, Ithiel Horton, I think, can be a solid player. Um, and uh, then, again, it's it's really just about Justin Champagny. Can you get him to come back, not go to the NBA, but come back for maybe one more season with the Panthers? Because if you get all them back, and then the final key will be bringing in a reliable big man. This has plagued Pitt for years. They haven't had a reliable center since maybe Steven Adams, and he was a Pitt for a year. And he wasn't even great that season. I mean, he had so much talent, and as the season went on, he was getting better and better. But still, I mean, Pitt hasn't had a great center in so long. And that has always been the thing that they've been looking out for, is someone, say, 6'10 or taller, at, who can really, uh, that, that you can really rely upon. Because they've got a couple players who are big and who can play the center position, but no one who is a really good player. No one who was ever going to be one of the top three best players on the squad. So if you can get someone to come in and just be the third guy, but be a quality starter who plays game in, game out, gets you 10 points, 10 rebounds, something like that, every single game and plays good defense, and then all the other things happen, then you can have a really good team. Then you can make a run to the NCAA tournament next year. But you need all those things to work out. Because if you don't get that big man, whether it's a transfer, junior college, anything like that, if you don't get that big man and you don't get Justin Champagny, then all you're left with is, and maybe Nike, who knows, but then all you're left with is a couple of guys who are young, who look pretty good, and you're where you were in Jeff Capel's first or even second year, and things are just going to take longer and longer, and I don't know how much runway he will have. So the, the game against Wake Forest, they played well. Glad to see it. They won comfortably. But things are going to be tough coming up now. They've got Clemson. I don't know if they can win that game. They've got the ACC tournament. I don't know if they can win a game there either. And soon the pit season will be over, and then it'll all be about next year. Will Champagny come back? Will Nike come back? Will they be able to land a big? Will, of course, Jefferson and, and uh, Cali? will they stay? Because if all that happens... Great. I, th I think they can really be an excellent team next year. If it doesn't happen, though, then you've got to start wondering about Jeff Cable's fourth year and how they're going to be able to compete and get to that level that a fourth year head coach needs to get to. So we'll see. Uh, again, still all projection. Things are very early. I'm not saying do anything now or do anything rash. It's just uh, certainly a bit concerning how things have been going the last couple weeks with the Panthers. But at least they got the win. Uh, so uh, that is it for this episode. Panther of the Week, no doubt about it. Justin Champagny, who else? Uh, but that is it for this episode. I'll be back uh, next time to talk about Pitt in the ACC tournament. And then, of course, March Madness coming up. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, one of the best uh, couple weeks of the sports calendar coming up. So it should uh, get pretty exciting. 
uh, coming up these next few weeks. It's always a lot of fun. Again, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, check out CardiacKill.com for all the great content there. And, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, search for Cardiac Kill. You'll find this. And uh, then whenever the podcast drops, you will get it delivered straight to you. Until next time, I'm Corey Cohen, signing off from Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast.